Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line. And now, here are your hosts, award-winning influencer and pioneering author of seven books, Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. So we thought we we're going to buy this color. And then when we put it up on the wall and we looked at it in different lights, it was, oh, glad we didn't buy that color. I ordered some shoes the other day. They were going to take a week or two to get to me, which is not a long time historically to wait for a package. But in the era of Amazon, that's forever. I'm glad you're questioning that. I'm hoping by the end of this conversation, you will question everything. And you will <laughs> have no certainty in anything that you ever thought yeah, was true. Yeah, well, it's getting that way, mate. Good, good. I used, um, I used to think that this was a good podcast, but I don't think it anymore. <laughs> well, that's not a perception problem. That's just an error on your part. No, you, just, yeah. you were just wrong. Yeah. Or is it just reality? I'm not there sure. You go. <laughs> Ryan, are you ready for a bit of a intellectual debate about something? Oh, I'm ready. Good, because I'm not sure if I am. Good. You- that's, that's the, those are the debates that I most like. Um, you may have to carry me a opponents. little. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, so we've had a pickle in, okay? And it made me think, which is always very dangerous. Yes. I'm ready to call this episode right now. I think for the <laughs> sake of our viewers, we might not want to continue. Yeah, it made me think and start questioning things like the life of the universe and everything. So Damien has written in, and he basically says that he's in a pickle. Internally, their delivery stats tell them that they're doing quite well, all right? But when they do customer survey data, that the customers don't think they're doing as well as internally they think they should. And Damien's question is, so why the discrepancy? On one side of it, they've got, evidence let's assume that the evidence is correct let's not get into where they may be frigging the evidence in some way the evidence is that they're doing well but customers are turning around and going no i don't think you are all right my immediate reaction was ah well customers perception is different to that and it perception is reality and the things that i've always said is you know, I'm always interested more in what the customer's telling me rather than all the internal stats. So great, you've got all this data, Damien, but that's not the thing that's actually really interesting. The thing is why the customers say that it's not as good as you think it is. And that led me into thinking about perception and expectation and how we're evaluating things and what interpretation are you putting on things. So we're going to have a debate about all those things. Does that make sense? Uh, so about every topic is what we're going to have this debate on for the next half an hour. Well, I, yeah, I think it's for me. So the answer yeah, you is You need yes. to do less thinking, Colin. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. It's dangerous. Well, the, the trouble is, is that, I mean, for a while now, I've, I've often thought that perception is expectation. So if I have a perception of something, that is my expectation. And I've then thought, well, what's the difference? 
So now these are very good questions. So some of it comes down to the way that we use language and the way that we define these terms. So there's a, uh, you essentially dropped three or four, what psychologists would call constructs, but you got a, a perception, evaluation, expectation, and there may have even been a, a fourth Imper one. Interpretation? Interpretation. How do I interpret something? So a psychologist would look at those and say, those are all very different and distinct ideas or stages. Whereas when, when you and I just use languages, language as we're, we're talking about things, something like a perception or an evaluation or an expectation, these, these things like the lines between them can become much blurrier. Let's talk first about how a psychologist might understand this stuff as I, as I understand. When we, when, I, when we talk about perception from a scientific perspective, usually we're talking about something that's more directly related to this, the senses. So, you know, you perceive something with your, your eyes or you perceive it by touching it or you perceive it by smelling it. And then you, you have to interpret these chemical or light signals by your brain and, and give it some kind of, of meaning. So perception is, is like real close to the ground. It's real close to as information comes in. From there, we can then evaluate that information in some way. So if you have some kind of effective response to it, if you feel good about it or bad about it, satisfied or unsatisfied, that will then depend on, in part, our expectations or our frame of reference. So I think that these ideas are all related to each other and they all interrelate. So as you were saying, I think that our expectations can influence even our perceptions of things. And then they, they certainly influence our evaluations of things. And so I, I, like, I think that these things are all related. Any thoughts on that, pushback, questions? As I was starting to think about perceptions, I mean, it goes back to some, and, and it's really interesting because it is because obviously it's the inputs, isn't it? Okay. It's a bit like me saying the sky is blue. Well, how do I know that what you're looking at right. and what I'm looking at are the same thing. So recently we got a new chair uh, for our lounge. It wasn't the same color that we ordered in the store. You know, I immediately said to Lorraine, my perception was it was a lot lighter than that. Lorraine and I can have big debates about well, what color is that? Well, it's gray. Well, no, it's not. It looks blue. Well, no, it's not. It looks green. You're having these bloody debates. We had a debate about flower pots the other day. You lead an exciting life, Colin. Oh, I do, mate. It really made me start thinking about, yeah, so maybe the way that I'm seeing the world and Lorraine or somebody else is seeing the world is different. And therefore, that must affect my expectation yeah of what i'm expecting to just get basically and therefore that starts to go around the cycle of things doesn't it and i think that's a great example of perception right so it's possible that they sent you the wrong chair right sure and um, that they they sent you one that was in the order it's also possible it's the same chair but when you look at that color on the display in the store with that kind of lighting and whatever background was around it and that you perceived that color differently than when it was installed in your lounge. And there was a different reference frame for you to evaluate that. So that would be a perceptual story. 
right? If we go back to Damien's example, it could be that people are perceiving the length, the, the shipment time differently. You can think about Disney is very good at messing with your perception of time when you're waiting in line. They know that if they like compartmentalize it and distract you, that all these things can make time feel like it's moving faster than it actually is. And so they can make a long wait time feel shorter. That's a perceptual effect. It's messing with the way that you're interpreting the input. We then have this, this additional stage of this expectations. You, you had the expectation that this chair would match perfectly with the decor in your lounge. That's what you expected. You know, you expected that the package would be delivered uh, within a certain time frame. And then that then both of those factors feed into your evaluation of that experience or that chair. So because it was your perceptions were such uh, relative to your expectations, you then evaluated that experience or that chair in a certain way. This is really interesting. I love these debates. So let's take it back to some practical stuff. Okay. Okay. Because as you were talking, it was making me think because we got a new chair because we had a lounge done. One of the things that happened was we bought a load of swatches or paint samples and test cans to come back and then paint it on the wall because I'm in the store going, yeah, that looks a decent color. And then the guy was going, go outside with it and have a look at it. And then he said, and buy this piano paint and you know paint and we were again surprised so we thought we're going to buy this color and then when we put it up on the wall and we looked at it in different lights it was oh glad we didn't buy that color (laughs) yeah but again so I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that it's that how a customer experience is manifesting itself because of these different perceptions is the point I'm, I'm trying to make. Yeah. So you just you just requested that we get more practical. I'm going to go in exactly the wrong direction and talk about Plato's allegory of the cave. Like this is as far from practical. It's like we're, <laughs> we're not going beyond philosophy here. We are like deep into philosophy. Sorry to interrupt because I really want to hear about his cave. But was he having Nobody decorated? You. <laughs> was he? <laughs> yeah. Plato's allegory of the cave. He had his cave painted um, and yeah. he was very glad that he, he had different swatches <laughs> he bought, that painted. He bought some swatches and he yeah, went, oh, I'm not yeah. sure about this. Yeah. No, I mean, cave painting. You've heard of cave painting, right? So Plato was into that. This is one of the best known kind of allegories in philosophy. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But essentially, the argument is our senses, our perceptions trap us. And we have no direct access to reality, is, is the argument that, that Plato was making. That because everything's filtered through our senses and our senses are biased by our expectations and by you know the way we interpret things, that any that we only can access reality indirectly. He, he argues it's like watching shadows on on a cave wall. We can kind of infer what the object is based on on the silhouette that we're seeing and how it moves. But the reality is we, we can't ever access it directly. The reason I bring that up in this context, you know, there is an underlying reality, but our customers aren't perceiving it directly, only indirectly through their perceptions and then through their evaluations of their perceptions which are based on their expectations. But the same is true of us. We are also we also do not have access to 
reality in a meaningful way. Like we, we might be able to measure the actual delivery time accurately, but then we are, you know, perceiving that data in a certain way and then evaluating that data in a certain way. Yeah. And that doesn't match up with our customers' interpretation of reality based on what they perceived and how they evaluated. And this is where it started. This is why I started debating this and I thought this would be a good topic to discuss with you. Because as I started to just intellectually look into this whole area, it then just started to make me think of politics mm. and the whole bit about, well, what's true? Yeah. Okay, because, you know, here's a fact, and a fact can be a fact, but it's then how do you evaluate that fact and go back to, to what we talked about before. How do you frame that? fact and who are you telling that fact to do they believe you the other part for me which i think sort of ties into one of my favorite topics which is also around memory okay let me go back to the chair for a moment okay i have in my brain a clear picture of what this chair looked like okay it's a, le a leather chair it's like one of these captain's chairs you know not with a back but leather and i remember it being virtually a sort of a yellowy color okay and we've got this chair delivered and it's brown not dark brown but sort of a mid-brown i guess and having said all of this everyone's individual perceptions going to be going <laughs> what's their perception of a mid-brown and everything else now and of a captain's um, chair like and, and a captain yeah thing. what does that mean and all the rest of it yeah but it's a mid-brown and lorraine and i were going oh this is not the chair that we, we we ordered this is not and i said i know i took a picture of it i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna look through the picture so I, I went on to Google and I just searched for chairs. You actually just put, a, I want to search chairs and it just picks out all the chairs that I've, um, that I've ever, that it's ever had uh, from me. And the chair was in between the two, to yeah. be totally honest with you. <laughs> between it, your it, memory of it. And yeah, between my it. memory of what it was, because that then made me think, oh, bugger me. Well, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have been complaining because actually it's, not that you know not that color and and again from a customer experience perspective i'm then saying to lorraine well look to be fair the organization have put on their website that different chairs come up in slightly different colors and shades and therefore we can't just say you've sent us the wrong color chair because you haven't actually but it ties in with that as well doesn't it oh yeah so the, the perception feeds into our evaluative system. It also feeds into our memory, just as you're saying. Like, how does it get into your memory if you don't perceive it at some point first? And, you know, we've had, I think we had a five-part series on memories and how they're formed and how they're biased and all of that. I mean, it gets, it gets further, too, because there, there's also perceptual biases in looking at something off of a phone screen versus looking at it in reality, the way that the light shines off of the screen and, and the way that it's pixelated and all that kind of thing. It's a mess. We wanted to thank everybody for listening. You are great and the reason we do this. We're really pleased that we now have over 200 episodes. 
We've seen the podcast grow and grow, and now, according to Buzzsprout, it is in the top 5% of all podcasts globally. Thank you. That is truly amazing and not possible without you. But we have one request of you. Can you please tell a friend, a neighbor, or even someone you hate? It would be really good to get more listeners, and it encourages Ryan and I to continue to produce the show. So please, just tell a friend. Yeah, and and the other thing that then surprised me, which made me then think about it again, is, and you talk about the sort of the sensory inputs, because when you've talked to people about the colors that are being displayed on your computer, that is influenced by your computer and your monitor and all those other things. So you can't just take the picture and go, that's reality. Yeah. If you go into a a store that has a large number of TV displays, they're all showing the same thing. You can start to see this where some of the displays will be brighter than others. Others will be darker. The colors will be more vibrant in some. And so, so it's not the case that all displays are going to display the same picture either. Like that you're going to perceive them differently. What's interesting then is that once you get that TV out of the store and into your home where it's all by itself, uh, a lot of those differences that you saw when they were next to each other, you wouldn't be able to identify necessarily when it's in isolation. Like it required that kind of side-by-side comparison. So all of these are, are perceptual effects. If we go back to Damien's pickle, yeah. okay, the issue is he's got to look into it a hell of a lot more with his customers to be able to define what they think a good experience looks like and their memories of previous experiences. Because again, if I go back now, if I'm sitting here and being looking at my or thinking about my experience with the the chair, I now question whether I've merged memories. And I now question whether the yellow leather chair that I saw was somewhere else and we actually went into another store and we, or the current store and we bought this one, but I'm still thinking of the old one. I'm glad you're questioning that. I'm hoping by the end of this conversation, you will question everything. And you will <laughs> have no certainty in anything that you ever thought was yeah, true. Well, it's getting that way, mate. Good, good. I used, um, I used to think that this was a good podcast, but I don't think it anymore. <laughs> well, that's not a perception problem. That's just an error on your part. No, you, just, yeah. you were just wrong. Uh, or is it just reality? I'm not sure. There you go. <laughs> no, so uh, going back to, to Damien's problem, is it a perception problem? Is it an evaluation problem? Is it an expectation problem? You're right. You can't know that with just the data points that they've got. They need to, to dig deeper in that. You know, I think that if it is a delivery time issue... I think that there's a reasonable case to be made that that's probably not a perception issue that, you know, if if it's delivered in four days, that the customer is probably not like perceiving it as being delivered in six days, right? They can probably track that. I, I would guess that it's more a problem with expectations or evaluations, but to your point, like, I think you would need to dig more into that. I do think there's a disconnection, you know, if we were to talk about, you know, Plato's allegory of the cave, I do think there's a disconnection between 
the way that companies perceive things or evaluate things and the ways that customers do. So the fact that you've improved your delivery stats, if customers don't appreciate that, if they don't realize it, this change, then of course it's not going to affect the way they're evaluating. If they're comparing you to something that's even more fast. So like I ordered some shoes the other day from a, a national manufacturer, national brand. They were going to take whatever, a week or two to get to me, which is not a long time historically to wait for a package. But in the era of Amazon, that's forever, right? So if this shoe brand had improved their delivery time from two weeks to one and a half week, their internal metrics would say, gosh, we're really doing great. For me, it's still like six times longer than I had to wait for the last thing I ordered on Amazon. Yeah, and the the other thing I was then thinking of as you were talking was it could also be, Damien, about your communications. Yeah, which would influence expectations. Correct. So if you had not been communicating well enough, or again, down to customers' expectation of what they should be getting and uh, all the rest of it, then maybe the issue is not actually about the delivery but about the way that it's being delivered or the lack of communications or the inaccuracy of the communications or whatever it may may be that's the, the key issue or even the method that it's being delivered. Last area I wanted to kick around with you because, again, I thought this was an interesting one. We recently took our grandkids to Disneyland Paris for the very first time in their lives. My youngest, she's very young. She wanted to go to see the princesses, as you can well imagine. Sure. Right? So we went to the princesses' lunch, and I thought, bloody hell, this is expensive. By the time you got Lorraine and I went, and my, my daughter and her husband and then her two kids, my grandkids went, and when you added it all up, I thought, that's expensive. So I would say my perception is that's expensive, okay? We then spoke to some friends, and we said, oh, it was really expensive to go to this Disney lunch. And they, and they said, how much is it? And I can't remember exactly, but I, I want to say it was about $110 each or something like that, which I thought was expensive. They went, oh, that's not expensive. So... The point I'm trying to get to is the difference in what I would either call perception or expectation is clearly different because that made me go, hmm, there's clearly nothing here that's universal, basically. So you can't go universally, that's expensive. Now, I clearly, I know if you're a millionaire, that then maybe that's just chicken feed or whatever. But And I guess there's another group of people that'll be going, blimey, you're even going to Disneyland Paris. And that, you know, how are you going to afford that? But where does that fit into all of this lot? I don't think there's any problem at all with, with the way that you framed that and, and the way that you labeled those things. If we're kind of just talking amongst ourselves, clearly anybody would understand what you're, the points you're, you're making. If we wanted to take a more scientific slant on it, though, I would argue that it was probably not a perception difference. Now, if the food didn't taste very good to you and did to your friends, then that might be a perception issue. 
or if the decor was, you know, if it was too cold in the restaurant, like all of those so things. So what's, what's the decision then? What, what makes, what I, I think it was is- an evaluation issue based on expectation. So perception is about your senses and the, the, the data you're pulling in. So if it was food, then I can taste the food. Yes. If it was weather, then I can feel that I'm getting wet or it's cold in here or whatever. So that's a sensory thing. But effectively, I was evaluating against, I guess, my expectation of this is the price they're asking me for. I'm going, well, does that seem to be a good thing or or Yeah, you saw the price, right? The the price was part of your visual perception. But I would guess that that part of it would have been the same for almost anyone, probably. But then there was this evaluation of that price based on your expectation. So if you went to Disneyland Paris once a week and uh, treated your granddaughter to, to lunch there, you would rapidly come to expect that that's the price and your evaluation of that would become more neutral because your expectations would have changed. Sure. But it could be around just to mix things up, the framing of it, couldn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, framing, I think, messes with our expectations a little bit. Yeah. But it, from a literal sense, from a scientific sense, it doesn't mess with our perception. If you define perception as being the inputs that you're getting, the sensory inputs. So, so that this you're is this is interesting. Getting. So, so Daniel Kahneman, who we mentioned uh, very often in this podcast, wrote Thinking Fast and Slow. He was a, a judgment and decision researcher, arguably one of the most influential judgment decision making researchers of all time. But when he started his career in psychology, he was a perception researcher. And so he studied visual biases. So when you say that like a framing effect wouldn't affect perception, those were actually the original framing effects. So I'm sure you've seen examples of this where like you take a circle and you surround it by small circles and that circle looks bigger. You take the same circle and surround it by large circles and that central circle looks smaller. Like these optical illusions are perceptual biases and they're usually framing effects. What Kahneman and Tversky did is they took that perceptual insight and they said, I wonder if this applies to other cognitive systems beyond just perception. And lo and behold, it did. So yeah, there are visual framing effects that can affect our perceptual system that can affect how we process visual information or other types of information. There's a fun one where, you know, if you put one hand in cold water and then put the other hand in, in room temperature water, it'll feel hot, you know, because we've messed now with your perceptual system, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, your point is that that we can also have these cognitive framing effects, which can affect our evaluations or our expectations. Maybe let's draw this to a close and let's um, just summarize what we think uh, Damien should do. I'll start and then I'll let you wrap up with something actually practical. The reason that that psychologists and scientists love to get so precise and nitty gritty about this stuff, like when you say like, I perceive the price to be high, like that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that grammatically. Everybody knows what's going on. The reason that a psychologist might push back though and say that that's not perception, that's evaluation, is that From a a scientific standpoint, it's useful to distinguish between these different stages in the process. It's useful to say, no, perception is different from evaluation, and here's why. 
And in part, it can help somebody like Damien figure out where things are going wrong. Is it a perception problem? Are they actually perceiving the delivery time differently? No? All right. Well, is it an evaluation problem that they're evaluating us less favorably than they should be? And is it an expectation problem that they're expecting something different from us than we thought that they were going to expect from us? And so by, by breaking things out conceptually like that, it gives us the ability to understand the problem in greater detail and hopefully have additional avenues to fix it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think those are good points. I think from a practical perspective, basically you've got to find out more information. So you've got to go and ideally talk to those customers and break it down. In fact, I would probably start off by talking to a few customers that have been scoring you low and understand why they've been scoring you low and then break it into those categories and then maybe do some more surveying around those categories because I think that would give you a lot more information. The reality is, is, and I, I was thinking about this before we started the show, the danger is I lay your money, somebody in their organization, in Damien's organization is going, I know what we should do. But the interesting bit is that's their perception of what they should do. Or that's, you know, <laughs> it's not necessarily the reality of what they should be doing. Plato would argue we are all in the cave. Yes, absolutely. And, but it's a very nicely decorated cave. That's right. So, <laughs> <laughs> is it nice leather and or yellow and or brown chair in there? We're not sure. Yes. Yes. Well, maybe we should have it half. Maybe I should do that. Maybe we should have it half and half now. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a suggestion for Lovey. So, Damien, I hope that's been of use. If you have a pickle, which is effectively a business problem, then please reach out to Ryan and I. Uh, all you've got to do is go to beyondphilosophy.com backslash pickle. That's beyondphilosophy.com backslash pickle. There's actually a button that you can press there so you can actually record what your pickle is and then we'll splice it into, into the show. We hope that's been of use and we look forward to talking to you next week. Cheers, everybody. See ya. Thanks very much for listening to the show today. We really hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have, it would be really great if you could leave us a review. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcasts. We look forward to talking with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.